Well, this past Sunday, we began a new series entitled, All I Want for Christmas. Let me ask you this morning, if you could have anything that you wanted, but you could only ask for one thing, what would it be? Now, be careful because you only get one thing. Well, for me today, all I want for Christmas is for people to discover the true meaning of Christmas. Society has totally distorted the meaning of Christmas. Christmas for most people today is about parties and presents and people. Somewhere along the way, the true meaning of Christmas has been lost. Today, I want to remind us of what the true meaning of this celebration really is. We'll suggest three things this morning. First of all, Christmas means we have hope. In the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a young preacher that he was mentoring, this young man's name was Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 1, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, he said, this letter is from Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ appointed by the command of God our Savior and Christ Jesus who gives us hope. Did you hear what what Paul wrote to young Timothy? He wrote, Christ Jesus gives us hope. Here's what I know. Other than love, there's perhaps no greater power than the power of hope. Would you agree? Three of you do. Here's what I know, hope. Hope can get you through what you're going through. Hope can get you out of bed in the morning and it can help you face another day when most of your recent days have been dark days. Hope gives you a future. Hope gives you energy. Hope is absolutely essential to life. Fact of the matter is without hope we die. If not physically, then emotionally. But the good news is Christ Jesus gives us hope. Christmas, which is the celebration of the birth of Jesus, Christmas means we have hope. On that first Christmas morning, hope was born into this world. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21 says, And she, speaking of Mary, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. I want to share two areas where, through Jesus, we have hope. First of all, I want to suggest that we have a hope for the here and now. Amen. I said, we have hope for the here and now. Now, now, if you listen to the mainstream news or if you scroll through Facebook, you're going you're gonna to hear that the world is totally out of control. But things are just too bad. But man has just gone too far. But today is a day like no other day in history. There's more wickedness, there's more violence, there's more hatred, there's more problems than ever before. That's what you're going to hear from the news. That's what you're going to see when you scroll through Facebook. But I say, really? Really? 
Because the wisdom writer wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse number 9, he says, he said, history merely repeats itself. That's what the Bible says. History merely repeats itself. He goes on to write and he says, it has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. If you think that there's never been a day as wicked and as vile and as bad as it is today, well, I'm going to ask you, have you not read the Old Testament? Have you not read the Old Testament murders and rapes and hatred and wickedness? Oh, oh, deceit and envy and lust and greed, war after war after war after war. People were literally burning their own children as a sacrifice to their false pagan gods. Every kind of perversion was rampant. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? The Bible says they couldn't even find 10 righteous people between the two twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. They could not even find even 10 righteous people. Well, I've counted, we have at least 12 in here this morning. Have you not read the Old Testament? Have you not read the New Testament? Have you read about all the problems in the New Testament church? Oh, we talk about wanting to have a New Testament church, but I sometimes wonder if I really want one. Because I've read about the New Testament church and it was filled with problems, including incest. Pastor, are you saying we're not living in bad times? Of course, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying this morning is that there there have always been bad times. There have always been bad times. And what I'm saying this morning is that in Jesus Christ, we have a hope for these bad times. And friend, whatever bad times that you may be facing personally today, in Jesus Christ, you have a hope for the here and now. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the Israelites were facing a battle with insurmountable odds. Several nations had come together as allies in order to come together that they might destroy the people of God. And when King Jehoshaphat got word of this, he began, the Bible said, he began to seek the help of the Lord. And it says in verse 3, it said, Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. And verse 12 says that he said, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? And he said to God, he said, For we have no hope, no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Oh, hear me this morning, church. Through Jesus, we have hope for the here and now. Oh, whatever battle that you may be facing today, oh, proclaim a fast. Call out to Jesus because he is your hope. Well, you read the story and you'll find that he came through for King Jehoshaphat and for his people. And I'm going to tell you this morning that he will come through for you. What does Christmas really mean? It means we have We have hope, but not only do we have hope for the here and now, but listen to me this morning. We have, we have the hope of heaven. 
First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19, Paul writes, he says, if our hope in Christ, he said, if it is only for this life, he said, then we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world. Oh, John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. Hear me, through Jesus and only through Jesus, we have the hope of heaven. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And Jesus said, no one goes to the Father unless he comes through me. The Bible says that God breathed into man the breath of life. Well, hear me this morning. God is an eternal being. So when God breathed life into man, man also became an eternal being. Our bodies are temporal, but our soul and our spirit are eternal. They will live on forever, even when our bodies have died and decayed. Now, where our soul and our spirit are will be determined by what we do about Jesus. If we accept him and believe in him as our Savior, then he is our hope of heaven. If we reject him, our soul and our spirit will live on in a horrible place called hell, where the Bible says there is unquenchable unquenchable fire and unrelenting torment. All I want for Christmas today is for people to discover the true meaning of Christmas. And what is the true meaning of Christmas? Christmas means we have hope. But it also means, number two, Christmas means we have help. Not only do we have hope, but we have help. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 33, verse 20 through 22, he writes, and he says, we place our hope in the Lord. He is our help. He writes, in him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. And Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6 says, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. Christmas means we have help. We have help. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He came in order to help us. I want to suggest two avenues of help. First of all, first of all, I want to suggest that we receive help from the sanctuary. We receive help from the sanctuary. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 20, verse 1 and 2. He writes, he says, in times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry and may he send you help from his sanctuary. I simply cannot emphasize enough the importance of gathering together in God's sanctuary. There is so much help available to us that can be found right here in his house. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, he says, when you meet together, he says, when you have church, when you meet together, Paul says, one is going to sing, another is going to teach, another is going to prophesy, and others are going to exercise other spiritual gifts. He goes on to say, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. See, we should receive help every time 
we come together. Every time the church assembles, we should receive help. But not only should we receive help when we come to the house of God, but also, also we should offer help to others. See, church is not all about coming and finding out what pastor's been studying all week. It's not just about coming and being blessed by wonderful music and and, an inspiring message. But when we gather together, we do not just come to receive, but we also come and we also gather together that we may give. That we may give out. Oh, yes, we come to receive help every time we gather. We should receive help, but also we should offer help to others. We can offer them a word of encouragement. Someone that you see in the lobby or in the hallway waiting on your child or someone in the, in the parking lot or whatever, but a word of encouragement, just, a, just an uplifting, encouraging word. What a blessing that could be to somebody. Oh, a prayer prayed in faith. Maybe the Lord directs you to someone and you say, you know what? I just feel compelled. I just feel like the Lord would have me to pray for you. Oh, what a blessing that would be to have someone. Just take your hand and pray a prayer blessing over your life. Oh, a shoulder to cry on. Oh, just, 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 just someone to, you know, kind of maybe vent to. Not about the pastor, but <laughs> maybe about the pastor. Amen. Shoulder to cry on all, maybe, maybe sound, wise, biblical counsel, just a word that helps give direction or helps find the answer. Maybe even, maybe even a Jackson or a Benjamin that God lays on your heart to put into someone's hand. Yeah, through the Christ of Christmas, we have help. We receive help from the sanctuary. But not only do we receive help from the sanctuary, but we receive help from the Spirit. God came to earth in bodily form through Jesus. Now, when Jesus finished his earthly assignment, the Bible says that he went back to heaven. But the Bible says that when Jesus got back to heaven, that he sent down the Holy Spirit to take his place. Now, understand that in bodily form, when Jesus came to earth in bodily form, in bodily form, Jesus was limited to being in one place at a time. He could only help those that he could get to. Now, I'm speaking about Jesus when he was here in bodily form, when he was here in the flesh. But oh, the Holy Spirit is not limited to a body. He is not limited to time nor space. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit down to planet earth to help us. Yes, he said in John 14, verse 16 through 17, he said, I'm going to pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Oh, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him, but you know him because he dwells with you and soon he will be in you. Whenever that you need help, you can call out to the Holy Spirit whose main job is to help God's people. Every single Sunday before I leave my office to come in here to minister, And every single Sunday as I'm sitting there in my chair just before I come up to this platform, I pray, I pray to the Holy Spirit and I say to the Holy Spirit, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. I refuse to face you people alone. 
And if you see what I see, you would know why. Come on. Do you need help today? Christmas means we have help. The Christ of Christmas has sent down the Holy Spirit to help us. All I want for Christmas is for people to discover the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas means we have hope. It means we have help. And best of all, best of all, are you ready for this morning? Best of all, Christmas means we have him. We have him. Matthew 1, 23, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, are you ready for the translation? Which is translated God with us. Let me say it again, which is translated God with us. What is the true meaning of Christmas? Christmas means we have him. For centuries, the world looked for him. Oh, they talked about him. Oh, they longed for him. But oh, on that first Christmas morning, he, the Son of God, who became the Son of Man, he, 100% God, 100% man, prophesied millennials earlier, promised over and over and over, placed in a little virgin girl's womb supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. On that first Christmas morning, he was born. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hear me this morning, Christmas means we have him. Let me share two reasons why Jesus came. First of all, he came to bring reconciliation. Reconciliation. Romans 5, verse 10 and 11 says, Our relationship with God was restored by the death of his son Jesus while we were still sinners. We are saved through the life of his son. So now, say now. So now, now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. The Bible teaches us that because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, man who had such an intimate and such a personal relationship with God in the beginning where God would literally come down in physical form and literally walk and talk and fellowship with Adam and Eve. But the Bible says that relationship was severed because of man's willful sin. But the Bible also says that Jesus came to bring reconciliation. Jesus came to restore God and man's relationship. And no one had the power to do that besides Jesus. He came to bring reconciliation. Not only did he come to bring reconciliation, but he came to build a relationship. To build a relationship. See, Christmas is not about religion. Religion can be dead and lifeless. Religion can be all about the rules and the regulations. Religion can be stuffy, it can be dull, it can be formal. Christmas doesn't mean we have religion. Christmas means we have him. 
Oh, we have him. He came to build a relationship. Oh, Paul cried out in Philippians 3 and 10. He said, oh, oh, he said that I might know him. Not just know about him, but I might know him. And Jesus himself said in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, he said, behold, I stand at the door. And he said, I knock. And he said, if anyone will answer the door and invite me in, he said, I will come in and I will commune with them. Oh, all I want for Christmas is for people to discover the true meaning of Christmas. And Christmas means we have him. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, interpreted God with us. No, he didn't come to establish a religion. He came to build a relationship. And I can't speak for you, but Jesus is my best friend. I talk to him every single day, and he talks to me. Not audibly, but in my heart, in my spirit. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The takeaway for the message today is this. The true meaning of Christmas is that we have hope and we have help and best of all, we have him. Father, I thank you that you love me and you love this world enough that you were willing to send the very best that you had and that was your own son, Jesus Christ, to come into this world, to become man, come into this world to taste everything and understand everything about man to live a sinless life to die on the cross to have the sin of the world placed upon him and then to have your wrath poured out upon your son and upon the sin that was upon your son our sin Thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. We love you, Lord.